Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour to the game, the game after work. We are live in studio. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, Travion Berkland. What's up, Trey? Not a whole heck of a lot. Him barely. Yeah. Apparently. I got a top <laughs> ten list coming up later this hour. That's gonna light you up. Has to do with game day Saturday. Oh. We'll get our SEMO preview from Eric Sean here in just a moment. Spoke with him earlier today. Meanwhile, I saw um, there's a K-State podcast. I'm sorry, guys. I'm blanking on your name right now. I saw the clip, and I lost it here on Twitter. Um, Short side option. There you go. They shared a clip because I guess they made a song request into the uh, the Dusty and Danny in the morning show on Sirius XM. And they played the song, and they got start talking about K-State. It's, it's Danny Cannell and, and Dusty Dvorak. And they said this K-State team's really flying under the radar. And I was like, you know what? I don't think so. I, I I don't. I I do only because of just some reaction that I've got in the last week on social media. One person specifically who uh, is is an old friend of mine, coach, uh, high school coach, and he was commenting on. I, I had made a comment about uh, game day, college game day making their picks last weekend and who they picked. Well, across the board, it was Texas. And I sent out the the graphic of that, you know, retweeted it, and my comment was same as it ever was. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, well, they're loaded. And Oklahoma, those two are the two class teams of the conference. And I responded, uh, you know who brought their entire offensive line back? Who? Yeah, exactly. And Texas. I, I, yeah, right? Huh. I mean... There are there are too many people out there that still have this mindset that it's Texas and it's OU. No, uh, no, they're not anywhere near what they've been in the past. And that's the thing is like the Big Twelve Championship game last year featured neither one of those schools, and it was an awesome game for the last two years. For sure, they've been awesome games. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it Oklahoma State nearly pulling off a comeback last Baylor, year? Or in, right? in Baylor, yeah. yeah. Can't remember how it all went it down. Did. A little distracted it was that day. State. Yeah, it, like, but that was the two pl- teams, and then yeah, it came down to the play at the at the 
at the pylon, and uh-huh. and OSU was just like, you know, if the guy ate two more bites of breakfast and was <laughs> yeah. uh, two inches taller, he probably mm-hmm. touches the tip of the, the nose of the football in the pylon, comes up short. And yeah, you're right, the uh, overtime thriller with K State in the goal line stand, and then Ty Zintner becoming a hero for mm-hmm. all time mm-hmm. uh, for the game winning field goal. In years past, yes, you could easily say K-State probably under the radar for where they were projected to be. But I'm like, you know what? I mean, the nation, the nation's media votes on the AP poll. They do. And they said K-State 16. And what I took away from that is like, you know what? That's that's pretty fair. Yeah. I thought 16 was very fair. I agree. For, you know, the questions about who K-State has True. to replace, you know, losing the you know star power with – Deuce and Felix, but you got your returning quarterback who won the Big 12 championship. I'm like, you know, 16 with still a, a lot of guys that can lead you to another Big 12 championship. Yeah, I think 16 is absolutely fair. For sure. But you, you'll always get the recycled stuff about, you know, Texas, Oklahoma. They're the brands. They're always assumed to be good. Even if you're just, if you think K State's fine under the radar, I think that's just pure ignorance. Especially when your level of like reference. For K-State, it's still Bill Snyder. Like, a lot of True. national people are still under the impression that it's his sh- it's his show. And it's like, it's been, the identity of this team has been a Chris Kleiman thing for a while now. I mean, we, like, the offense now, especially, they're ke- they keep talking up, it's going to be different than, than K-State's ever had. So, it's just that mindset and that, like, oh, there are three yards in a cloud of dust kind of team. It's like... That wasn't even really the K-State right. identity anyway. I mean, it just cr- drives me crazy, man. All right. The season starts Saturday. The opponent, Southeast Missouri. Not Southeast Missouri State. Southeast Missouri. I've been saying, oh It's officially boy. state on the end, but athletically, they do not want state at the end. It's I've Southeast Missouri say- or SEMO. I know. Uh, I know. I know. If you look at the media guy, it says no state at the end. Uh, Also, you can call him the Red Hawks or SEMO. As we now speak with the voice of the Red Hawks, his name is Eric Sean, who is approaching 30 years on the job as its play-by-play voice. Sean, to kick things off, I want to actually start about conference realignment because Power 5 has been a mess, obviously, the last couple of years with conference realignment. But at the FCS level, which SEMO opens up at number 11, your program has been involved with conference realignment with the merging of the Ohio Valley Conference and the Big South. What's been the uh, reception to that? I think it's being received uh, okay. Uh, the reason for this merger is because of some teams that have migrated out of the Ohio Valley Conference. Took them under the seven-football team threshold for this conference to get an automatic playoff bid And so that's why the two conferences merged. Uh, The Big South only has four football schools. uh, But the Ohio Valley Conference just uh, accepted Western Illinois from the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So they're back up to the number seven level. uh, But at least at this stage, the Big South OVC merger will be at least for the next couple of seasons. The coaches, they didn't really like the fact that the travel schedule has now really been enhanced. For instance, SEMO's final game of the season is at a school called Bryant University. And I didn't even know where Bryant was located. It's in Rhode Island. So they'll be making a, uh, a plane flight uh, to go play that Bryant game at the end of the season. 
but anything that makes the conference remaining eligible to get that automatic bid to the playoffs, that was the whole uh, thought process behind these two conferences merging in football only. Before we dig into SEMO this season, K-State actually got a um, transfer portal guy to play corner in Tyler Nellum, who used to play at SEMO. We haven't had a chance to meet him yet. He's not on the 2D, but he is expected to play on, on Saturday. Anything stand out about him, either you know personally or him on the field? Uh, he was an energy guy when he was at SEMO. Uh, he was a good ball hawk in the defensive secondary and a pretty sure tackler, um, but he was one of, I believe, five players that transferred to FBS schools. And uh, in talking with 10th-year SEMO football coach Tom Atukowicz, he said he's excited to see Tyler on Saturday and will seek him out and shake his hand. And uh, everybody at SEMO certainly wishes him luck. And uh, hopefully he gets some playing time at K-State. Well, speaking of Coach Tom Matukowicz, he's a Kansas kid from Silver Lake, and he's bringing a, what seems to be a pretty solid SEMO program into Manhattan for this Saturday matchup. Looking first at the offensive side of the football that returns six starters, transfer quarterback Peyton DeLaurent, 268 yards per game, 19 touchdowns last year. What kind of quarterback is he? What stands out about his game? Well, first of all, he's a smart guy with a high football IQ, and he's a big quarterback, 6'5", 220, and he's very mobile. And last year he ran for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. So he is able to extend plays with his athleticism, but he's also a guy that can stand in the pocket and throw the ball downfield. He put up uh, nice numbers a year ago, 19 touchdowns, just five picks, completed his passes at 63%, but he missed. The last two regular season games because of a foot injury, and he missed some time in the offseason because of the injury. He is healthy, and because he did get banged up last year, uh, they are probably going to ask him to do a little less and be uh, maybe less aggressive uh, when he works his way out of the pocket to try and keep him healthy. The player that jumped out to me the most is your running back in Geno Hess, who his measurements, I mean, it seems like to me he's probably the just the biggest dog in the weight room, 5'8", 225. It reminds me, those kind of measurements of Darren Sproles, almost 1,700 yards last year, 7.2 yards per carry. I bet this guy is probably the most popular player on the team. Well, he's a sixth-year guy, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, three years in a row he's been an All-American. He's the all-time leading rusher in school history, and with a 1,000 yards, if he stays healthy, he'll get that easily. He'll become the all-time leading rusher in the history of the Ohio Valley Conference. He's a leader. He wasn't a leader, really, uh, vocally when he first came in, uh, but he has turned himself into a leader, and Geno Hess is a guy that is not going down very often on first contact. You're not going to arm tackle this guy, and he gets a lot of yards after contact. And he has a nose for the end zone. He really does. Among the nation's leaders last year in total touchdowns. Now, as far as catching the ball out of the backfield, they really haven't utilized him a lot in the pass game. Uh, but in speaking with SEMO's offensive coordinator, Jeremy McDowell, that may be something that they're going to kind of add to the offensive arsenal this year. We'll see. But Geno has the best running back SEMO's ever had. 
One more question, Eric, about the uh, the SEMO offense, and that's about going back to the passing attack, but with the wide receivers. K-State's going to field five guys in the secondary as starters. A little bit of inexperience, also a number of transfers that just haven't worked uh, in a live game in this K-State program yet. So there there's some questions to be answered, and we're just going to have to see how it plays out. But what kind of issues could this SEMO passing attack with returning wide receivers give K-State? Well, they've got uh, a lot of experience at the top two wideout positions. Uh, Ryan Flournoy is a guy that uh, has really piqued NFL scouts' interest. Uh, They've got NFL scouts uh, basically at every practice, and they're very interested in Flournoy. They're interested in Geno Hess, and Simo has a, a guy at strong safety named Lawrence Johnson, all guys that uh, potentially could be on NFL rosters. Flournoy is a big target. He's 6'2", 220, and he's put on some muscle in the offseason and is an excellent guy at high-pointing footballs. Uh, finds a way to get open. He's a guy that gets a lot of his yards after contact because of his strength. Uh, and DeMaurier Vick played three seasons at Missouri State before transferring to SEMO. And he is a terrific route runner, and he is six feet three. So they've got some big wideouts. Vic is a guy with terrific hands, and uh, Flournoy really is a game changer. And then they've got a young receiver. He's an all-conference return man named Dalen McDonald, 5'11", 175, terrific athlete. Didn't get a lot of reps last year at wide receiver because they have another guy who's in an NFL camp now, Johnny King, uh, at that third wide receiver position. So McDonald is a guy they feel can be an impact guy. Uh, This is the top offense and the top passing offense in the Ohio Valley Conference. So uh, it should be fun to see how they match up with Kansas State's defense, which I know is very good. We are previewing Southeast Missouri with the voice of the Red Hawks, Eric Sean. Going to the defensive side of the football, if K-State was returning nine players on defense, they might have been picked to win the Big 12 instead of Texas uh, because those are going to be two really good defenses, but K-State replacing some pretty heavy hitters like Felix Indy, DK Uzama at defensive end. But out of those nine returners or maybe some guys that are transferring in, who expects to be those impact players on the SEMO defense? Well, on the defensive side of the ball for the Red Hawks, uh, what's interesting is on their two deep, they've got five of their six defensive linemen back. They are very deep on the defensive line, and that is certainly the strength of their defense when you can return five of your six on the two deep, and they're able to rotate guys in and keep guys fresh. Uh, So added depth at defensive line has been a big key for SEMO. They've got Two all-conference linebackers. One of them is an All-American, Bryce Norman, who's actually a local kid from about eight miles away in Cape Girardeau. But Norman uh, has a tremendous nose for the football. Uh, He's been an impact guy on that side of the ball. And they brought in a transfer linebacker from Western Illinois University named Sam Cook. They wanted a little bit more explosiveness in terms of an edge rusher and somebody that can get to the quarterback. They think Sam Cook can do that. And in the defensive secondary, they've got a lot of guys that have uh, played a lot of snaps at Division I football. And I mentioned earlier, Lawrence Johnson is the captain of the defense, the strong safety and impact guy getting looks 
from NFL scouts. So I think the uh, the defensive backfield for SEMO, uh, that will be the biggest question mark going into the season if these guys uh, are going to be able to slow down some of the passing attacks that they will see uh, starting with Kansas State because I know Will Howard is on the Maxwell Award Watch list. A really good throwing quarterback. So the Red Hawk defensive secondary is going to be tested right out of the gate. Yeah, there are some expectations with Will that he could potentially be setting some uh, passing records for K-State this year. Uh, A couple more for you, Eric, and then I'll let you go. Did SEMO come out of the preseason practices healthy, not really any issues there? Yeah, we just had our radio coaches show on Monday with uh, Coach Tom Atukowicz, and they're surprisingly healthy. Uh, entering the season opener. So they like their health. And you got to understand when you are an FCS program playing a money game against a Power 5 FBS team, uh, you know, the big difference between FCS and FBS is the number of scholarships. At FBS, you get 85. At FCS, you get 63. So that's a lot of added depth uh, against an opponent. I think SEMO is going to get $425,000 for this particular game. Uh, and so the goal is come out, compete. Uh, you're obviously going to be a massive underdog, but the, the big thing for the Red Hawks is get out of this game pretty healthy as you head into conference play, which actually starts next week for the Red Hawks. All right, Eric, to wrap up, K-State pick, or preseason poll picks 16th. That's their highest ranking to start the season since 2004. And I noticed SEMO ranked 11th. And um, I don't think SEMO's ranked that high all of last year, so big things expected with the Red Hawks this season. But when it comes to that preseason hype, when's the last time that SEMO's been ranked this high and expected to be this good? They've never been this highly ranked prior to a season. Now, they've been in the rankings the last few years, but nothing this high this early as far as the preseason goes. So the expectations here are tremendous. Uh, they just renovated their football stadium and put a whole new uh, uh, set of seats on the south side of the stadium, and the season tickets are completely sold out. Now, you can't get a season ticket right now. So there's a, a lot of excitement around SEMO football. They're the preseason favorite to win the Big South OVC Association Championship. Uh, there are two schools that are ranked. Uh, in SEMO's conference, along with the Red Hawks. Uh, Gardner-Webb, I believe, comes in at number 24. Uh, but one thing I did want to mention, this is the first-ever meeting in football with Kansas mm-hmm. State, but I've uh, this will be my fifth time coming to Manhattan. Uh, we just played a three-game baseball series there in the spring. Uh, we've played a couple of basketball games there when Frank Martin was the coach. And an interesting uh, tie between the two schools, SEMO's men's basketball coach, Brad Korn, was an assistant coach for Bruce Weber prior to getting the SEMO job, and he just led them to the NCAA tournament last year for the first time in 23 years. And SEMO's baseball coach, who's won three conference championships, is Andy Sawyers, and he had two coaching stints at Kansas State. Uh, and, in fact, uh, that was the job he had prior to getting the baseball job here at SEMO. So the Kansas State slash SEMO ties, uh, there are a lot of them. 
Yeah, absolutely right. I was there for the the three-game series. I'm the public address announcer for baseball, and I saw all three games. And, uh, yeah, Brad Korn, when we lost him, that was a tough one to let go because he was doing such a great job with Bruce Weber. But it's awesome to see he's now doing an excellent job as a head coach. But, Eric, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for squeezing me into your busy schedule. Safe travels, and we'll see you in Manhattan Saturday. You bet, Mitch. Thanks for the time. Once again, that is the SEMO play-by-play voice for Red Hawks football. Eric Sean helping us preview Southeast Missouri. Didn't like him. Sounded cocky. I don't like him. I don't know. I thought his voice was a little bit better than Troy's. Yeah, he has some pipes. That guy's he's thirty years. He's been doing it near uh, getting close to it. He's been doing it a long time in Cape Girardeau. He does them. He does the whole kit and caboodle, man. Baseball, basketball, football. What doesn't he do? I don't like him. Troy, did you do uh, <laughs> football, basketball, baseball at Northern Colorado? For all a, the sports? Yeah, baseball was for a time, yes. Uh, there was a point where that contract got shifted because at the time, Northern Colorado wasn't in a conference. Mm. Trying to play an independent mm. schedule baseball-wise was problematic. Whew. And the boss is like, I need you in the office sometime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, got another game coming up. What? Yep. See you later. (laughs) Uh, Yep. That pretty well was what it felt like. Yes. When we come back, hey, I got a top 10 list about Saturday. Oh, boy. Week one. After these words. Troy, uh, during the break, was just confirming to us that the uh, the Royals still stink. <laughs> Lost how many in a row, did you say? Uh, six in a row, I believe. Six in a row. And they have to, remember, they had that winning streak at one time. They yeah. won like four mm-hmm. in a row or something. They were right? looking good there for a while. Uh, the Mariners. They gave the Mariners a bunch of problems. And uh, they th- and that's the thing. Other than Saturday's game was a debacle, they played the Mariners well three out of four up there. Yeah. But that Saturday game, seven home runs. Oh, that's right. Um, who's the kid um, that pitched just the other night? Pitched last night, you last mean? Last night. Reggins? Yes. Okay. He, he's been very good. I heard that that was the sixth start of the month for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You know the record is seven? Seven starts in one month. It was back in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, Seven! Not only that, but uh, he actually broke or came close to a record set by Dennis Lettern in 77 in terms of number of strikeouts in his appearances. 51 strikeouts. Leonard's record uh, from July of 77 was 53. 
Whoa. So if the Royals actually got a very good piece to work with out of the Aroldis Chapman trade. Yeah. At I, the end of that, we can all look at that at that trade and say, yes, the Royals actually did come up with something that they're going to work with here because Reagans has been one of the few bright spots. He is shoving, man. That guy. I couldn't believe it. Six starts in one month. That's unreal. That's like Cy Young stuff. Not like that good, but like that time period where they're like, hey, it looks like you're pitching again. Uh, this is your fourth doubleheader in a row. What do you think, pal? Yeah, ready to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those guys, man, they would throw forever. I think I might go to the um, Royals-Yankee game on the 1st of October. Ooh. Neat. But you're going to cheer deal. for the Yankees. Yeah. This guy. Dang it, man. I can't. <laughs> That's going to be a packed weekend. Cause Name one Yankee. I don't know any of the Yankees. <laughs> Why is it going to be packed? Um, because late that same day at Arrowhead, Beyonce is going to be there. Ooh. So I'm going to double that double day. Are they really having, like, the the Royals are playing the same day at home as Beyonce? That's crazy. She wasn't originally supposed to be that day. It was supposed oh, to be the right. week prior, but then she rescheduled. But I don't know why it's the same day, but the Royals game's, like, at 2, and then she'll be at, like, 8 or whatever. I hope wow. they don't crank up the pricing on you, or the, uh, the parking, parking price on you. Oh, boy. Would you have to pay for both? That's a thing. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't. Th- I've never what been time, in that predicament. Do you know what time the game is? I think it's like at two o'clock or something. I would have to one double. Two o'clock, yeah, yeah I don't know that there's any way that they could clear the parking lot between the two events. That's that's where leave they leave would... and then go about a quarter mile that way and go back in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the last time I was at Arrowhead, it was the George Strait concert, and the parking around Arrowhead was not or uh, around Kaufman was not open at all. And that kind of yeah. caused some problems because you're taking away one of three entrances into the parking lot. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I had to wait an hour and a half to park. Oof. It sucked. It was terrible. Was not worth it. No, that the whole situation, man. I, I they had a plot of land, and you figure they would have figured out a, a, a better way to park in that situation. But no, every time you go, it's just like, what now? All right, so you ready for my top 10 list? I haven't done one in a while. This is my top 10 players I'm looking forward to watching in week one. So let's get this thing started. Let's kick. Number 10. Number 10 defensive end, Nate Matlack. He was supposed to be a real breakout player last year, but he was banged up all of last year pretty much. He just wasn't all Nate Matlack. Yeah. And so expecting healthy ready to charge at the quarterback, Nate Matlack, and he's going to rack up some sacks this season for K-State and going to need it, replacing over half the sacks last year. We're going to need his contribution. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, number nine. I got a couple of newcomers uh, on this uh, top ten list, and I'm going to go with Asa Newsome. There's no doubt he is going to play tomorrow. He's going to be – or on Saturday, he is going to back up – He's going to back up Austin Moore at that weak side linebacker position, and he's on the two deep as a true freshman. First of all, that's uh, that's very impressive to me when I'm thinking about my new hashtag, my boy, which, by the way, <laughs> breaking news, I will be announcing that tomorrow. No way. I, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. I don't have it officially ready to like announce. Uh, it might be a game-time decision. I don't know. There's There's three or four that I'm really like – it could be either one of them. Mm. It could be either one of them. But Ace is on that list. That's a big part as to why I have him on this list. Um, 
Let's keep it rolling here. Number eight. Number eight is Chidi Obiizor. Not on the two deep. Can tell who's practicing. But could definitely play. I love his size. 6'6", 250 pounds. Defensive. And he he just turned 19 years old a few days ago. He's an August baby. (laughs) This is a part of the future of K-State football. Cheedy, Asa, and I'm just focusing on the newcomers right now on the defensive side of the football. That's who I'm really excited to watch because they're going to be in the rotation. We're going to see them play some meaningful snaps. I think there are a couple of guys that could easily impress us right away with making plays. All right, next. Number seven. Is DJ Giddens. Because if I put the pressure like I did on D.Y. earlier today, if I put pressure on myself to say like, all right, I know it's very impossible to predict, but who's going to be the top running back this season? I slightly gravitate towards D.J. Giddens. I I love a powerful back. Mm. And I've already made the comparison that he could be a Daniel Thomas. Ooh. He could be that kind of running back. He's got the size. He's hard to tackle. He'll just run straight at you. He's strong. I mean, he's really strong. strong and like and by the way, also, he's it's not like he's Treshawn Ward still learning mm-hmm. how things yeah. are done in Manhattan, Kansas, still learning the offense. Treshawn did not get to work early on in the preseason, so a little bit late to that part of the game. DJ's been ready to go for a couple of years yeah. like for this opportunity. So I'm expecting gigantic things out of DJ Giddens this season, and I'm loving to see how he improves in 2023. Number six. On my list of players I'm looking forward to watching in week one is Sam linebacker Desmond Purnell. Big part in thanks to this clip from Chris Kleiman. Just wow uh, of what he's done because Des has been a really good football player for us and a steady player for us. I think he has a chance to be a difference maker for us. Very, very difficult to block. Understands leverage, understands how we want him to play the Sam backer. You know, it, it was a pretty good competition we assumed coming into camp and he's stepped up to the forefront as, as the, the for sure starter there that um, he's playing really well and, and he'll have a huge impact. He's not going to be a role player. He's going to be an impact player. Yeah, him winning the job is why him, him winning that job and him winning it like with a couple of weeks to go yeah. in fall practices is a big reason why he's a sophomore he's a little undersized I thought if we were going to see an or at linebacker it was going to be for starter between Desmond Purnell and Toby Osinsami or maybe Toby would win the job because I know they're very excited about him that's a big guy 6'3 233 Desmond's 5'11 and and 224 is a uh, Hayden High School kid out of Topeka. So let's see. I, I'm ready to see it. And the last time Coach had talked about a player like that, like he talked about Desmond Purnell, he got the rub last year was Ben Sinnott. And looked how well that worked out for Kleiman about yeah. that kind of praise. And now Desmond Purnell is the, uh, sounds like the guy in 2023. Number five. Wide receiver, R.J. Garcia. I think we know that Keegan Johnson is going to be very good. Phillip Brooks can be really good. He's, you know, if you can get 500 yards out of him, that's that's pretty solid. Yeah. But where will Keegan Johnson fill in the pecking? Or I'm sorry, will RJ Garcia fall in the pecking order? Could he pass Phillip Brooks? Could he be second or third in receiving this season for K State? 
Will it not just be, you know, we see him show up big time in a couple of games. Can he show up every day and perform at a high level? I Like I've said before, I see a Curry-Sexton type of trajectory for R.J. Garcia, and if that's true, it's year three, expecting a big year mm-hmm. for R.J. Garcia. Number four. Number four is Khalid Duke. We had the argument yesterday, can he be as good as Felix Andy DK Uzama? I think absolutely. I just want him to get three sacks in game number one <laughs> and really have DG second guess what he had to say yesterday on the show. Get him sweating. I hope he tears it up. <laughs> Me too. I hope he does too. Number three. Number three, it's somebody I've been high about all preseason. It's Ben Sennett. Ben Sennett could be, you know, he could be second on the list in receiving yards this year. You never know. Receiving touchdowns could be a huge number this year. I've said it many times, and I'm going to keep saying it until I'm proven wrong or proven right. This could be a Mount Rushmore for tight ends at K-State season for Ben Sennett. And now we have Mel Kuyper coming out and saying that he is for the 2024 NFL Draft. Right now he's listed as the third best tight end in the draft. <laughs> and he's behind two All-Americans. That's awesome. Two more to go. Number two, Uso Sayamalu. It's not guaranteed he's going to play on Saturday, but even if it's week two, I'm chomping at the bit. Kleiman mm-hmm. gets excited when he talks about Uso Sayamalu. I get excited to hear his excitement <laughs> about Uso Sayamalu, and I love talking nose guards. I mean, defensive ends get way more praise than I think the defensive uh, tackles, nose guards get, especially in like a 3-3 defense. And they don't get the most sacks in the world. They'll get a couple here and there. They got to get in there and muddy it up. And I like his size. He's over 300 pounds, just a big dude. But he's done the right things in the offseason. But it's also about living up to the hype. His reps are, are limited. Mm-hmm. And I don't want him missing time because I want him to have enough reps being prepared for Big 12 play. 300 pounds, but his body is different than it was a year ago. When the season got started, he really has developed well. Yeah. But finally, my number one, number <laughs> one player I'm looking forward to watching the most in week one. I'm not talking week one of college football. I'm talking week one of the NFL. It's hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn made the 53 man <laughs> roster for the future world champion Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it is uh, the best uh, decision that Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones have made in their entire careers. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn making the 53-man. I wasn't too nervous about it. Maybe there was an outside chance he didn't make it, but he oohed and awed too much. The fans love him. He's the next superstar in, in, in Big D. Yeah. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn is the future. And then, by the way, that week one at the Giants, Sunday Night Football, September 10th. Guys, um, I actually got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I left you guys a number one song. I think you will do well with without me here because of the guy across the glass, all right? Okay. I think he could probably do number one song, all the info, without even looking at what I put together. Yes. So. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. 
Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Number one song. Ask us anything after these words. Go Cats. Do <laughs> uh, you have right. any questions you want to get to? Yeah, sir? man, just one. Um, okay. Today's a would you rather. Uh, would you rather watch The Wiz or Ben? The, the Wiz. Wiz all the way. Oh. Just for the music. The music in that movie is amazing. All of it produced by Quincy Jones and Michael's great knit and Diana I, Ross. I want to watch Ben when I, and listen to that song at the same time and go, how did this ever happen? And then you're yeah. just going to slowly fall asleep. Yeah, and have a dream about rats eating my face off. How can yeah. you make a movie about killer rats boring? That's yeah, all I got <laughs> Here's a hint. Just, just for your own safety or for your own well-being. Yeah. Don't watch it with the kids. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you could do it as a double feature with Night oh. of the Lepus. Is that that movie about the killer bunnies? Oh brother. Jeez. <laughs> Night of the Lepus. Yeah, the '70s was a weird time. Weird. Uh, I think I'll just go back to watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail at that point if Run I want to watch it. Watch a killer bunny. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, five, three, sir. Three. I love that. I love that. And your father smelt of elderberries. <laughs> you know, that's the scary thing. We could just sit here all day and just throw out Monty Python-isms Monty. from that movie. Oh, love it. Love it. <laughs> now there's a movie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Full two coming up tomorrow. Uh, Chris Climbing Coaches Show at 7 tonight here on K-Man. Out.